computer. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're watching or listening to this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. Yes, it's me again uh, by birth, Alex William Smith, or better known to many of you as the British bad boy of hypnosis, Jonathan Royal of hypnosisweek.com and magicalguru.com. If you're watching this on the video platforms, you can already see a lady on screen who I'm about to introduce you to. Uh, that lady runs a very exciting company and has done for a number of years that helps people in all different industries we're going to obviously we may hear examples of other industries today as well but the point is this is very relevant to everyone in the hypnosis mind therapy persuasion entertainment all those kind of industries that you guys and girls are somewhat way involved with and we're going to pick a brains for the next 45 minutes thereabouts about ways that you could become more visible in your industry and ultimately lead to more customers, clients, product sales, uh, or whatever's relevant to growing your business. So please welcome to the show, the founder of Media Matchmaker, uh, Rachel Taplin. How are you doing, Rachel? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Now, look, there was a time that you didn't run Media Matchmaker. You had a journey up to getting there. What, what is your journey? What makes you qualified to have set that up? What, what was your motivation? Tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, thank you. So um, getting on a bit now. So I always worked in the media. <laughs> so my whole career has been working 30 years in the media. 25 years of those have been working for myself at, in different media businesses. So I've been on both sides. So I worked in radio to start with. Um, always worked with SMEs as small business owners, then had my ad agency. So we understand marketing and how that works and how every single penny counts. Then I set up my own magazine uh, when my daughter was quite young called Mums in Control. So I was the editor in chief of that, interviewed lots of celebrities, um, got the content in, got advertisers on board. But PR was something I'd never really done. Um, I'm actually dyslexic. So um, if any of you guys, you know, worried about doing PR, if I can do it, you guys can do it. Um, so I had the Mums in Control magazine and it was absolutely flying high, doing really well. Got to interview loads of celebrities. Our print run was about 250,000 per, per print run. So we're larger than some of the national glossy magazines. And uh, at the time, I didn't know how to go about it, as I said. So I hired a PR agency when we could afford them and we had budgets back in 2008. And they did a great job. I'm not here to say PRs don't because we work with them all the time, but it's a lot of money. Now they got me on GMTV. So it was my start of PR. Um, they got me uh, in the Daily Mail and I got various interviews as well. And then if you remember about 2009, we had the credit crunch and my whole business became kind of um, challenged really because I had franchisees all around the country with the magazine that didn't want to do it. The money wasn't coming in, the advertising was stopping. It was all like, oh my gosh. So I could no longer afford my PR agency. So in fact, I went to a seminar down in London back in the day when we used to have the big seminars. There was 10,000 people in the room. Uh, Anthony Robbins was one of the speakers. I think uh, Richard Branson won as well, actually, on that week. And I saw the most amazing speaker teaching about how to do your own PR. I took, bought his course, £1,500, followed the principles all you, like, all you wouldn't believe, got some insider secrets, and I've literally gone on from one press release I launched my own national day and I was on 70 radio stations, 15 of which were live interviews. I had national, regional and local press. I've done most of the TV channels, hundreds of radio interviews. 
Yeah, so now I understand PR from both sides. So hopefully I'll share with you loads of tips on how you can connect to journalists and it doesn't need to cost you anything, how to, how to get the story crafted right for you. So hopefully you can see I've got some, uh, some of the right credentials you need. And for the last 10 years now, or 12 years, I think, I've been teaching people how to do their own PR and connect them to the right type of journalist, which is key. Excellent. And uh, now people who are watching or listening, depends which platform you're on, uh, underneath either the speaker symbol or the video itself, you will see Rachel's website, uh, Media Matchmaker, where she does offer various levels of service. I'll get to talk a bit more about that later, but let's dive in with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate on this, because obviously publicity done correctly is beneficial to a business. When it screws up, it can have the opposite effect law as well. Um, so the first obvious question is, as well as helping people to get publicity, do you help them to avoid the screw-ups? 100%, you know, and, and you're right. You know, PR isn't about ego. It's about an end in mind. It's what you're trying to get out of it. It's got to be a win-win for both people and um you know the media love people who are controversial they love people that can go in and have an attitude or that they know they're going to be one side or the other side of the fence but you've really got to think about your brand your values what you're trying to get across and whatever media channel you're going on does it match your potential audience or are you going to be able to leverage it in some way so i start with every all of my members and we train them as well to do their own pr so you know we teach you what is it you want out of your publicity is it raising your profile is it credibility do you want to be known as someone that disrupts you know um is it about helping somebody is it just the fun and game side you know because i understand obviously all therapy mindset stuff in different ways you've got to think about what you want to be known for how you position yourself and go to the appropriate media outlets for that then Excellent. I'm going, to, I'm going to chuck a couple of examples from you from, from my past. And obviously, you, just to be clear to people watching, uh, that any examples I bring up, Rachel had no involvement with whatsoever. <laughs> so if anyone listens and thinks, oh, he could have been advised better. Well, Rachel wasn't involved. So things could have perhaps played out differently if she had been. That's the point of bringing them up. So we'll, we'll start off with a, a positive one. But that had an unexpected twist in so much as I know that you you have a service where you via mediamatchmaker.com journalists can come in and they can look for people who, who, who are sort of experts in certain subject matters what they would call on tv shows talking heads that will talk about certain subject matters or areas and quite often that ends up being maybe in the media just a quote you know a little lineage court with the person's name initially but down the line that could lead to them getting used to using you and then deciding actually we want to do a feature on the therapist you know what i'll contact john who we've used numerous times and it can lead to something bigger but sometimes it can just go bizarre um there was one example in 19 i'm making myself feel old now 1996 I was contacted and asked, did I have, and it was supposed to be for a piece that was just going to be generally woman's page area in the uh, sun and um, about phobias. And what, what's the craziest phobia you've ever dealt with? And the truth is, I thought, oh, Meg Small. So I just said, oh, yeah, I had a woman who was scared of traffic wardens because they just wanted, as far as, I was aware they just wanted like a quote. So I said, woman's scared of traffic wardens. She went, all oh, right, okay. 
Excellent. Did you deal with it? Yeah, I told them the usual nonsense. Think nothing else of it. This is apparently going to appear the next day amongst loads of other people's comments. Article didn't appear. Uh, next morning, I got a phone call from somebody at the Sun, and we want to speak to the woman who fear a traffic warden she cured. This is the kind of caveat warning element of it. There was no woman whose fear of traffic wardens I'd, I'd cured. Um, but I very quickly told them, uh, well, I'll have to see if she wants to speak to the media type thing. And I found somebody, an actress friend of mine, who wanted to earn a few quid to ultimately play the part of a woman who formerly had, uh, it's called stunting the story in the uh, media. And it happens in every newspaper Um I'm not going to ask Rachel to uh, comment on that because um, she probably doesn't want to upset journalist friends, but it does happen in every newspaper, I can guarantee you, because uh, sadly I've worked for some of them. And uh, they do stunt stories, make things up, and they're not bothered about news, so as long as they've got somebody to front it. So this woman fronted it, thought it was just going to be perhaps a, a picture piece inside, and the next day, the front page of the Sun newspaper, and I mean the front page, talk about slow news week. The front page was a picture of her face with the headline, Fear of the Yellow Peril. And subheading, uh, Woman's Life Crippling Fear of Traffic Wardens, See Inside for More. And there was a double page spread inside, and this ended up with the opera show in America contacting us. And it just went completely batshit crazy. That's just one example of how things can... You think something small, it can go batshit crazy. How do you prepare people for the fact that things can just go unexpectedly batshit crazy sometimes? Alex, I absolutely, you're giving me heart palpitations with that story. <laughs> I actually, um, you have to be authentic, you have to be real, you have to have real case studies. And, you know, in, in one way, I admire you, but journalists should do their due diligence and which is, you know, and want to know that it's real case studies because this is your reputation. Well, you know. we'll, 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 we'll have to agree to disagree on that one because I can tell you at least 95% of stuff in uh, pretty much all uh, tabloid newspapers anyway that involves mind therapists either is completely manufactured from scratch or um, has been blown out of all proportion of so it has very little recognition to reality I can see where you're coming from and I and I would argue the other side because it's not my experience at all I have seen where their stories have been elaborated or sensationalized but it's very much based on facts and truth but you know so you've got your experience as well but the way we encourage people to do PR and I can only talk from my experience mm -hmm. is to have genuine case studies genuine stories but yes it, it's where you want to be what you want to be known for do you want to sensationalize, sensationalize story you know wherever you want to go look at the headlines are they sensationalized you know do you want to go into the sun what is it you're trying to you know to achieve so yes of course there is poetic license you know I've done surveys in the past when, um, you know, I've only had 100 people take part when I had mums in control and they did put an extra note on it. So I do know it sometimes happens, you know, and it, it's the way that it was, but it comes, it came from a genuine, I can only say everything I've done has been genuine stories. Nothing's been made up. And I would 100% not encourage that to anybody because it could bite you on the backside. So I think you were very lucky, but 
coming back to your point of it snowballing it absolutely does snowball especially with a story like that so you know you could get into the sun then it will get picked up by the tv channels which is i guess what happened or you know everybody wants to get a piece of you to get the angle on it so yes one story can literally snowball you know from a, a local regional story it can go national it can go international but it can go from one media outlet also then onto the broadcast media outlets as well so yeah always think about you start with the end in mind with any story you've got PR is part of your marketing strategy. So are you PR ready? Is your website ready? You know, did you get leads coming in from that? Did you drive traffic to the website? You know, what was the outcome for you? Did you benefit from it, Alex? I'm interested. Um, well, yes, because I've, 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 there's, I know that, that what you do, there will be differences to it because the, the outcome is to get people publicity. I played the media game uh, a little bit differently, and there's not a time when I appeared in the media where I wasn't paid for it. Now, they may not have paid me in the sense of calling it an appearance fee, but I very quickly found out, having worked briefly undercover as a, uh, an undercover journalist for a certain closed-down newspaper in England, that I won't mention because they don't deserve publicity, that... Um, expenses is the term and you tell them that doing the interview that day with the means that you've got to cancel your hypnotherapy client and you need therefore compensating and if they want the story they will pay expenses so it, it, so yeah ultimately I, I was playing the game a bit differently uh, I would advise people to listen to Rachel she's telling you that the more the more sustainable way to do it and a prime example of that is one of the um Next examples I'm going to bring up of what can happen with the media. And I'm bringing these up to give Rachel the opportunity to tell you the right way of doing things. Um, yeah. Um, which one shall I go for next? We'll, 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 we'll go for the totally... We'll go for the totally unexpected moment. So, your name starts to get known by journalists. Or the, or this, they know you're on Media Matchmaker website, for example. And let's say you're a, a stage. I'm just going to use the example of a stage hypnotist for this because uh, that's what I was mainly doing at the time. And you've commented to the media several times in the past. So they know they can come to you. Uh, your name's in their mind when something happens in relation to stage hypnotist. And then one morning... You get contacted by the media, but you've not seen, you've not heard about this yet yourself. The journalists have found out about this. It's not become public or even industry knowledge yet. And you answer the phone and the journalist says, hi, uh, Alex, because Alex Leroy was the stage name I was using at the time. This was 1993, to be precise. Um, we'd like to come and see you do a stage hypnosis show. We're going to be doing a massive feature for the a week-long feature for the uh, Sun newspaper and the News of the World as well. Uh, for people who are not in England, they were basically at the time the biggest circulated papers in, in existence in England. And we'd like to feature you. And at the time, I was the youngest stage hypnotist in the world, only 17, working professionally. And obviously I went, yeah, come along, see the show. Knowing that they wanted something sensationalist, 
I did a routine in my show that um, when you wake up in a few moments time, every time I click my fingers, you will believe that you're falling madly passionately and deeply in love with the hypnotist. And the more he ignores you, the more madly passionately deeply in love with him you fall. In fact, who's your favourite film star? And he might say, Richard Gere. Excellent. Every time he clicks his fingers, he turns into Richard Gere. You want to get his attention as much as you can. And obviously ignoring them, they start coming being touchy-feely and nothing nothing sexual um nothing genuinely sexual occurs it just suggested um but when written up by the sun newspaper this was twisted into hypnotist hypnotizes women into bed Because in the act, I used a gag at the end of that routine going, all right, ladies, anyone else here who wants to give this a go, eh? Uh, excellent. Um, because when you hit, oh, sorry, at the beginning, uh, the, the act, I'd say, you know, don't volunteer if you're pregnant because we don't want pregnant women falling over, hurting themselves or whatever. Nothing to do with hypnosis. And if you're not pregnant, see me after the show, and I'm sure we can sort that one out. An innocent gag, not particularly funny, but it, it got a bit of a titter. All of this gets twisted out of proportion uh, in the end. And the headline is Dirty Trance in We Expose Evil Hypnotist Who Hypnotizes Women in, uh, to, uh, makes women believe is the favorite film star to get them into bed. Now, I know years on that at uh, the time, the way it was twisted in comparison to what audio recordings they had, that in theory, I could have sued their ass off for uh, uh, twisting a defamation of character. In reality, at the time, it was impossible to get no win, no fee for such things. And I didn't have a spare 10 to 50 grand to put down at the time. And the sad truth is, at the time, if you didn't have the money to put down, you didn't have a recourse. Because the media had more money than you. How can people protect themselves from things totally getting twisted out of proportion? Um, or what can they do if it does get twisted out of proportion, given that it's still incredibly difficult to put things right legally unless you've got a massive wadge of money there? I, th I think it's 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 working closely with the journalists and understanding and also the media has changed so much. It really has. And, I, and I've had out of all my positives, I've had one kind of not as bad but similar experience when I kind of read the piece back agreed it but didn't agree the headline so the headline was very sensational and sensationalized because that's what they're looking for so think about the journalists that you're speaking to where is it going because it's probably going to take a kind of the headlines will reflect this kind of story that you're going to be having so you know if you're talking to the back in in the day the sunday people or the sun or the star it's going to be that kind of headline where you protect yourself now is obviously you know there are things in place they are more kind of you know they have rules and regulations they need to follow but you know they can take a kind of an angle on things and they will be looking for an angle on things so it was very unfortunate but it was factually incorrect like you said and also a defamation of character so you can you know if you do an exclusive we're, we're talking to our pr members 
Thursday, actually, and we're, we're, we're discussing all about how to secure an exclusive. And it's about building the relationship with the journalist. I am booked this Thursday. You have oh. a pocket. I'm booked on it. Yes. Oh, brilliant. OK, yeah. great. So wonderful. Um, didn't realise. So thank you. I look, look forward to seeing that. So this is all about how to secure an exclusive and, and, and how it's a win win for both you and the journalist and how you can potentially agree for the story to be reread, even sometimes to agree the headlines in return that you give them an exclusive for a certain period of time before it goes out to anywhere else. So it can be a minefield. And I suppose because you guys, you know, some of you are on stage, it is going to maybe be a bit controversial. So you do need to protect your brand and what you want to be known for. But also that's probably, you know, some of what you do, isn't it? It's a bit funny. It's a bit funny. But obviously that was far, you know, too close to the mark. So just be mindful of where you want to be, what you want to be known for. And I do think journalists aren't as bad as they used to be back in the 90s. I really don't. Most of them, in fairness, probably not. Um, however, from a personal point of view, don't say anything, Rachel. You don't need to. I'm not trying to drop you in it or upset any of your contacts. But personally, I would not trust anyone who works for Rupert Murdoch's, any of his organisations, as far as I could throw them. But perhaps that's slightly influenced by the fact that I have two ongoing litigation cases uh, involving Rupert Murdoch's media and the fact that they hacked my phones and used illegal information gathering. Um, which kind of leads me into um, becoming a target by association. So therapists, um, celebrities, or not necessarily celebrities in the sense people think of film stars, pop stars, but just celebrities within their industry, so it could be the CEO of a, a, a corporate company or whatever, they're still human beings, they have problems. So they will end up, some of them going to see therapists. It might be one of our viewers or listeners. And by such nature, although the individual may try not to put their head above the, the parapet, as it were, and try and keep things quiet and confidential, they could themselves as the therapist to someone who is famous, if that famous individual is already courted a lot of media attention, uh, become a target themselves for um, journalistic interest to try and find out stuff. What sort of advice have you got for, I'm just going to label it as unwanted journalistic attention? Well, I suppose you have a code of ethics, don't you, in terms of a confidentiality, you know, like any of the, a lot of our clients do, they can't, you know, some of our clients have the most amazing case studies that they wish they could use, you know, not always like the traffic warden scenario that you use, <laughs> but, you know, you know, some case studies you just can't use because it's too confidential and people don't want to be sharing that information. You know, uh, we have a lot, you know, I've done this before with hypnotherapists, you know, they've got people that lost weight or overcome anxiety problems or mental health issues or, you know you know real challenges you know so uh, so you have to make sure you have your own code of ethics that you do not discuss that information you do not divulge any information and hold yourself accountable um journalists can dig but obviously unless they're getting the facts from you you either give them or you don't and obviously hopefully you don't how would you advise somebody to handle you may not have encountered this so i i appreciate that this is probably i say less prevalent than Less likely, well, less likely to be discovered, even if it's happening anywhere. But it's actually more prevalent than most people realise. And it's not just celebrities. It was, was, I'll have to say, from a legal point of view, happening to. 
But what if a story appears and it's information that you know you're aware of, that you were perhaps witness or party to, the finger gets pointed at you, but you didn't tell anyone. Um, so any viewers or listeners wondering what I'm trying to allude to here, in England, just do a search on phone hacking. It's more, it's more than phone hacking. It was also tapping landline telephones as well as mobile phones um, and unlawful information gathering. Also, literally the employment of private investigators to, to, to follow people. And it might sound like something that would never happen to anyone except an A-list Hollywood star. But the vast majority of people who were phone hacked you'll have never heard of if you go searching and look at the list of people who've been compensated by not just Rupert Murdoch's newspapers around the world, but also Mirror Group, which is part of Reach PLC, one of the biggest media groups in England now, um, and other organisations. How would you advise them to handle it if, excuse the language, perceptively they end up getting the finger of blame pointed at them for something appearing when I would definitely it wasn't them. Yeah, I'd definitely speak to a professional that handles brand reputation 100% from a PR point of view, you know, because some of this stuff you can't do on your own. You need someone that can represent and that can guide you and that can get to know your story inside out and to understand, you know, so you can share all the information so that they can represent you and there's, there's a barrier in between you. So I would definitely recommend that. I think... You know, it's it, it's a shame because I, it's it's interesting, isn't it? This conversation because it's almost going into the the, the dark side of PR or the. I'm the purposely coming up with the worst case scenario. Yeah. Whereas I believe so that much... viewers and listeners know about that. Anything else that the far more likely to encounter. Yeah. You'll be a walk in the park with your well, absolutely and, and you know absolutely and you know i as i say i've probably of all the pr i've had and the experience with my members it's not even one percent that this would happen so it's focusing on as well for your audience and everyone's listening and watching this is you know there are so many positives that outweigh it's like anything with marketing it could go wrong we could walk out the house you know business that's just life that's business that's how it is you know but there's far more you know benefits to giving it a go to doing it in the right way to getting the training to protection the right type of media outlets because you can get so much credibility for your business and so many more clients by using PR so I think it's you know being aware of course absolutely of the stories that you've shared you know and understanding them but also don't be fearful of it because it's a win-win scenario the media wants stories the media want content and it's not just traditional PR these days now it's digital PR you know there's so many opportunities now to you know to get on to the online you know everything that's you know that's printed also has the online version as well they want experts they want sources they want people that have been linked to celebs absolutely they want controversial people so think about what you want to be known for I don't know what your split is in terms of your your audience is it you know is it a 50 50 split for those that are on stage and performing and a 50 percent maybe for mental wellness and health probably and 70 
Probably more like 75% on the therapy side and 25% the other way. Right, okay. So those on the therapy side, you know, it, it can be an amazing way to get onto radio to talk about, you know, overcoming. So, for example, it's coming up to be National Grief Awareness Month next in a few weeks' time, in, in November, I think, or first week in December. So we're just planning for it. And we're just putting our, um, our experts up front to the Telegraph and the Times and the Guardian, you know, to the family editors to say, if you want to talk about, you know, grief, we've got some experts that can talk about it so your therapist you know might be able to say we can help people overcome grief through hypnotherapy you know from however they use to help people so it's thinking about you know all the opportunities that are there and matching it to the right kind of media outlets radio is brilliant bbc you know you know sometimes you don't you can have your personal opinions about these newspaper groups but also they've got readers that are genuine readers. They've got audiences that are genuine audiences. And it's if you want to reach those people that you genuinely could help, because I'm guessing, like you said, 70% of your therapists are there to help provide a solution and to make people's lives better. So why would they not want to share that to an established audience? Some people, I suppose, out there, but off, I'm guessing there'll be people who have encountered, for example, your website before, Media Matchmaker, looked at it and then thought, and they're about to, and I know you offer a free trial and and all that kind of stuff. So obviously that's something, no risk to try out. But some people will have that mental block of, I, I can see how it will benefit me, but what if, what if, you know, and I don't mean necessarily what if I get phone hacked or what if the story goes wrong, because obviously with the right training, they're more likely to avoid that from, from, from occurring. They'll be in a far better position using a service such as yours. Um, but what if it goes really well? And suddenly, you know, if they're a very normally private person, I'm getting recognised walking down the street uh, and stuff. Some people might actually be bought off from doing what would really help their business and ultimately their family and the lifestyle because they're thinking, I'm too shy to do this. What sort of advice would you give those people? I think it's understanding where your comfort zone is. So some of you may want to do radio. Some of you may want to do TV. Some of you want to do written um, or, you know, um, national newspapers or written blogs. You know, it's what fits right for you, all of the above. Um, You know, we help people in two different ways. We can provide the PR leads to you. So, there's a free media pass you can start with our starter media pass so anyone can just put up their profile and journalists can find you so if they go to our website look for hypnotherapist your profile will pop up but if there's someone above you with a higher media pass which is our backstage or access area they will come up be higher than you so if someone was looking for um, you know grief hypnotherapy and your profile popped up it would come up in order for the free trial is just the backstage media pass for 29 pound a month so it's really low level entry you get daily pr leads and you sign up to say you want the lifestyle journalist journal request and these are journalists that ask for a specific help with a story so if you know you can help you can just respond to it straight away and then our access all areas is where you can literally have access to every single journalist in the whole of the uk so you can be proactive but your question is what do you do if you literally get inundated what a great position to be in and we've had some of our clients in that position mm-hmm. so for example you don't always have to write a press release you can just put yourself forward to a journalist and say this is what i do these are the topics i talk about love to get featured on your radio show i'd love to do a debate or love to write an article for you and we've had you know one of our clients for example she literally sent it out to 
all of the media contacts in the beauty and in their beauty industry and suggested to write articles. She was inundated. I think she had 11 people come back saying, yes, write us articles. She hadn't got the time to write all the articles. So now she's very selective in that she goes to just the trade industry magazine she wants to go to and the national titles that work for her. This is why we say BPR ready. You know, we are doing, I don't know if you're signed up to Alex on um, December the 1st, we've got, uh, and it'll be like the replay will be available at PR planning. So you plan everything out. You're six months ahead. You plan the topics you can talk about. You see what national days, because there's over 400 national days in the UK that you can, are there any national days that you can ride off the back of? And I'm sure as hypnotherapists, there's probably quite a lot, you know, Blue Monday's coming up in January. I'm sure there's ways and hints and tips that you can overcome that. So we get you to plan everything. And then we talk about, right, what media outlets do you want to, um, approach and how do you go about it so it's you've got to have a proper strategy in mind for PR but it's worth it because one article could absolutely transform your business and I think like you said Alex once you're in the little black book they will constantly keep calling you then to give a soundbite or to give a quote or to be featured on their radio show cool I'm gonna say in advance on this one and this is the hardest one weird question nobody listening or watching this is likely or i hope not for your own sake to be in the position that i'm about to describe oh god okay nobody highly unlikely well certainly not out of my hypnotherapy mind therapy stage hypnotist type listeners or viewers there's people out there in the world that fall into this category i'm one of them but i was saying you know worst case scenario yeah this is probably the hardest question i could throw at you okay briefly um i'm going to condense down sort of 46 years into three minutes i was born on a circus uh, as viewers and listeners know I was first in the national media, uh, national uh, the Daily Mirror in 1981, as uh, a couple of years after I became Britain's youngest paid professional circus clown. Uh, went into magic, as in stage illusions, ultimately got into hypnosis, was the youngest stage hypnotist and hypnotherapist in the world. I very quickly at that time, and you said, as you said, the media changed a lot, it has for the better, in many areas, a lot of it sadly not changed as much as he should have done. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, and I found in the 90s that I could make a lot of money by fronting stunted stories, basically. And there isn't a British National Daily or Sunday newspaper that I didn't appear in on numerous occasions under different names. Sometimes I was in the paper two or three times in the same bloody week with different names. The worst disguises ever, how anyone ever fell for it, God only knows, other than the fact that basically they were bothered about selling papers, not bothered about truth and facts. And for a number of years, I was a Britain's biggest media hoaxer, TV, radio, newspapers. I say Britain's because that's the angle that it was given, but worldwide, did TV, radio, media around the world. And 99.9% .9 of the stories were complete enough to excuse the language, fabricated bullshit. Either fabricated by me or suggested by 
journalist who couldn't care less. Um, and I did this for a number of years, always with the plan of exposing it and using it as a publicity vehicle for the media are lying to you. You, you. People are so easily suggestible and influenced. And that's the angle it was going to take. And probably would have worked very well, except I personally took it way too far. And in 1998, decided that because I'd at the time already done some uh, freelance undercover work indirectly for the now shut down News of the World uh, in England and other papers. And it had come to my attention that a certain individual known in England, and if you don't know, search the Internet, known as the fake Sheikh Maza Mahmood, would basically set people up, fabricate them, frame them, entrap them, call it what you will, and publish stuff that would ruin their lives. So I decided to expose him by exposing myself. Long story cut short, it backfired slightly, and because I didn't actually know that they found out because they were hacking my phone, that they found out that I was trying to expose them so they were one step ahead of me. I thought I was in front, but they were one step ahead of me. And ultimately, because of that, I got manipulated behind the scenes, threatened. And ultimately, a story appeared that basically said I was some gangland gangster, drug smuggling, counterfeit money supplying, music gun salesman, pimp. Biggest gangster on the planet, apparently. And yes, I actually did time in prison because uh, his apparent sources were covered and I couldn't prove at the time that uh, it was complete fabrication that illegal techniques have been used. Now nearly 25 years on I'm currently in the process of suing Murdoch's organization because I've got the receipts now in my possession have come to light through the phone hacking trials uh, that my phone was hacked that illegal information gathering was used illegal techniques to manipulate me behind the scenes and to fabricate all this Evidence has come to light from former employees of Mahmood who uh, work with him, who've given sworn affidavits that they witnessed him using date rape drugs to inebriate people so that they'd be more manipulable and uh, compliant. And a whole bunch of other illegal things have come to light. And 2022, I'm due to be in the Court of Appeal to get my convictions, hopefully overturned. Ultimately, law. That will mean in 2022, convictions overturned. That's what I said. Anyone listening or, or, or watching, this is like anything you could encounter is going to be way easier than this. Well, during the course of this, it casts a negative light massively on all Rupert Murdoch <laughs> media publications. And it casts a negative light on lots of other media organisations due to the fact that as we've already said, that other organisations have um, been done for phone hacking and there's ongoing trials for that and illegal information gathering. It wasn't just Rupert Murdoch. And I was instrumental in trying to expose all that 25 years ago. And over the past 25 years, trying to fight for truth and get my convictions overturned and also helping people like John Alford, the former London's burning actor, who's also fighting for justice and a lot of other Mahmood victims who were stitched up. I am persona non gratis with Rupert Murdoch. 
groups, organisations, as you can understand. And with lots of other media organisations, due to the fact that what I have out there on a website, circusofthemind.net, heavily shows that for years and years, they've either fabricated stories, couldn't care less, and distorted stories, or have illegally manipulated or created stories. And it's, it's widespread throughout the industry. So somebody like me comes along to you and goes, how the hell am I going to get myself into those media? Because they're not... I'm blacklisted. What Is would you question? suggest? Yeah. What would you suggest to someone who's frankly, and quite rightly so, um, because I am bringing them down slowly, and it's taken 25 years to get to this point, but next year is probably the year when I will predict next year or the year after the Sun newspaper, my prediction is that it will end up closing down because of the stuff that comes out in courts. Okay, for me, I think yeah. it's it's what this audience is, is trying to get out of this. It's about PR and what they get. For me, I would have nothing to do with helping you, if I'm right. being truthful, because mm -hmm. I would put you to an agency or someone that could help, because it's not what I want to be known for, what I want to be associated with, and it's, you know, I would advise everyone listening to do this complete opposite to what you've done. <laughs> And not to approach. That's why I brought it up. Excellent. Yeah. You know, and I would have nothing to do with you being completely honest, Alex, because, you know, it's not where I sit, not what I believe. It's not what I've known uh, the industry. Of course, we know that they fabricate, you know, and they have done in the past, but it's not something I would get involved in. So for you, I think if you want someone to represent you, I would go to, you know, a PR agent or a publicist that would help, you know, look after you and represent you. I think it's, you know, surely that, you know, this podcast is about helping people with their PR overall. You know, we've given a, there's a lot of horror stories and a lot of stories about yourself and what you've done. And this is for me all about what it isn't. PR is not about ego and it's not about, you know, sensationalizing lying. And that's not what I stand for whatsoever. So for me, I would personally completely pull away and, you know, and, and not have anything to do with wanting to represent or help you because it's, it's going down a path that I wouldn't go. No, excellent. Uh, I suspected you say something along those lines, but that's for the, good for the benefit of people what, watching or listening. I'm going to play devil's advocate though and throw this one out here without me specifically mentioning names, mainly because um, although I would win and what I'm about to say is completely true, I don't fancy wasting several years of my life with uh, unnecessary legal arguments in, in court. But there are not all, but a large percentage of people in the mind therapy industry who are at the top of the tree do blatantly fabricate their stories. And that is exactly how they've got to where they are or remain where they are. And I'm talking about famous name, television, radio, newspaper, hypnotist and life coaches. And I know this because I've worked with many of some of them in the past. If I, if I work with somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've faked something, by the way, for viewers or listeners. Let's make that very clear. The vast majority of people I've worked with in the past have not faked things. So I make that clear to avoid getting sued. But I am aware that uh, there's a lot of people at the top of the tree, so to speak. And by that, I mean visibility-wise and that do fabricate things. 
Maybe, but I think as you as an influencer, responsibility for looking after your tribe and your people that want publicity, I don't even know why you would suggest that and put that to them because it doesn't have to be that way because it's a win-win scenario. The opportunities are there. If you're good at what you do and you've got genuine case studies, why have you got to fabricate and make it up? That's just bad business practice overall. It's bad marketing. It's bad PR. It's not something I would, you know, maybe it has happened. I don't know because it's not something I've been, you know, unfortunately your world that you've gone down and the experiences you've had have obviously led you to this point, but it's not what your listeners and I would advise would even consider going down that road so it's it's a non even thought process it's a non-question for me with a non-answer because it's not something i would advocate anyway i suspected as much good um <laughs> so this sounds like i've been awkward on purpose and i'm not this is beneficial to the viewers and listeners because but is it nice- beneficial to the users if you don't mind me asking i've listened mm-hmm. to what you said i've come on to, to do this interview mm-hmm. for you and i'm really happy to do it but where's the benefit to your listeners other than finding out what you've done and what's gone wrong for you what's what are they really learning from this interview then because so far you pointed out to them that the other ways of doing this i by virtue the the uh, the percentage that will have studied my uh, therapy courses in the past, for example, I will have given them largely the view of how to manipulate the media. Right, okay. Whereas what you do is the direct opposite. And um, then knowing there is another way. Yeah. Um, especially one, one that I, I see the massive potential in, which I know that you do via medium, is the, the as simple as it sounds, the fact that there are so many, 400 odd, is it, off the top of my head? National, uh, yeah, National Awareness Days, yeah. Yeah, and how those, so many of them, are tied in with people's problems or elements of life that mind therapists, for example, will have, possibly, depends what niche they're in, dealt with and thus can easily um, piggyback on. But can Alex, do you mind me saying, do you not, your therapists have a code of ethics in the way that they, if they are, have got this privilege to be hypnotising people and and manipulating their brain, shouldn't they be authentic in the way that they carry on and and get their publicity? Isn't it? It's not congruent really, is it? You know, if they're genuine, authentic people, why would they be going out to say, well, you pulled a face there, but why on earth would they, you be persuading them to go out and manipulate the media when they're, all they're doing then is saying that they are manipulating potentially because they can that does not sit right with me at all and 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 i don't know why surely your your tribe or the people you want to work with your community should be ethical should be you know genuinely out for people for the right reasons so why would they want why would they want clients to help for the right reasons but then go and lie about it for the media that's their own decision isn't it all i can say is that a lot of people at the top have done to some degree um, but is, it, is that what you're trying to encourage? No, ideally, the direct opposite. Okay. Because um, it gives in, the impression an that you're kind of ticking off and encouraging when, you know, I would be disappointed if I was doing an interview for for this to go out to that your tribe that you were trying to attract were just trying to hoodwink people because that's not what business or life should be about. It should be about a code of ethics. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um now, this is where, this will be where, and I'm glad, because you, you are kind of one step ahead of me in the questioning. 
the ethical dilemma. This is getting close to the end. The ethical dilemma. Where do you draw the line with ethics? Because, example, there are therapists who genuinely got clients and they've genuinely dealt with certain, I'll use the word embarrassing, things that may be embarrassing to the, the client type things. So the client doesn't want their face in the media. Of course, yeah. Um, they may possibly be prepared to speak on the phone or do, do an interview with somebody on condition that the face isn't shown or that their name is changed to protect the innocent, so to speak. And I'm talking here in the context of this person genuinely exists. It's genuinely happened. But then sometimes you can get journalists, yeah, but, you know, it's a magazine feed. We, we actually want a photo of somebody type thing. Where would your ethics lie in terms of someone else who was prepared to front it? The, 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 the person who it happened to genuinely exists. They genuinely got help from that client. The person would happily speak to the media, but if the media go, oh, we... we we need to see somebody. If they had somebody else that was prepared to put their face to that happening. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and one thing I will say, you know, I, I come in this with to give you genuine information and I'm happy for this to go out as long as this is not edited in any way, this interview. Oh, no. All my opinions are put out here clearly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this interview manipulated and I want people to know, you know, how I feel. Absolutely not. You know, why would you do that? You know, no. And 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 the media wouldn't do that anyway. You know, so um, absolutely. Lots of television not. talk and debate shows. Television, they might, use, they might use, um, you know, if they've got a case study, they might do a representation of, but they're up front to say that they're doing a representation of. Why do you want to, why are you going down this approach to hoodwink people? I don't understand when there's so much, like you said, yourself, there's 90% of, well, 99% of amazing publicity opportunities mm -hmm. out there. And yet this interview, you focus completely on the 1%, the dark, the, the you are, you're focusing on everything you don't like about the media, yet you're suggesting that you want to still keep, which doesn't, it doesn't fit congruence. I just hope your members and your community don't really want the same things in the nicest possible way, Alexis, we've not met before. They won't. What you want from the PR. <laughs> No, 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 that's fine. They won't. I believe me, there will be people who probably already click below this speaker symbol on the podcast or the video on uh, YouTube, Vimeo or other places and gone to mediamatchmaker.com precisely for the reason that it's so diametrically I To be honest, opposite. I almost don't want anyone from your community in the nicest possible way, if they even have a tense, a, you know, a, a, a few little thoughts of, oh, could I use the media to persuade that? You know, you have a gift you know, you are doing something to change and help people. That is that is precious. That is, you know, that comes with responsibility. And I'm sure your audience know that, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm getting very passionate and wound up and, and almost angry to this point, which is, you know, probably great. And it's been the most weirdest interview I've ever done because this goes against everything I stand for from a business, from a values point of view, from a, an, ethnic, an ethical point of view. PR is a great tool done in the right way for the right reasons. If you want to use your art or your manipulation, 
do not be a, do not try it because you're just going to go down a rabbit hole that you've got caught in that you're going to get exposed and so you should how do the people who do it positively then to the people that uh, you did touch on this briefly the fact that you've got to be ready media ready um can you just expand on that a little bit more before we finish because obviously it's great if you get suddenly loads of publicity but the obvious one is no one can find you on the internet yeah i mean we've got the website is mediamatchmaker.co.uk so to get your pr ready we help you get pr ready so we've got what we call a six step challenge that just puts your mindset into what you should be thinking about so what is it you're trying to achieve with your pr is it selling a book is it being known as the influencers the experts is it to you know um just to sell your products or services so we get you pr ready make sure your website's ready we don't do that work but we get your mindset in the ready because what you don't want to do is go on radio and we teach you, you know, we've got radio interviews with journalists, you know, producers, editors that show you things like, you know, if you're going to go on radio, do your intro and do your outro. So you get it prepared so you can tell the producers, this is what I do. This is what I'm known for. And your outro is this is where you can find me so that then people can go to the website. So we definitely get you ready. As I say, PR is a small part of your marketing, but it's a very, very powerful one. And it's very much the forgotten marketing tool. And if you want to do it for the right reasons and you want to be ethical and you want genuine PR leads and getting connections to journalists, I would love to help. If you want to do any of the things Alex has said or have done, please don't contact me. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, so to finish, thank you for the, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of glad in one way that you said it's the weirdest interview you've ever had. Because um, that's good. It means you haven't been asked the same questions as always. <laughs> no, um, and as much as you might think, well, that, that's bizarre. I, I, I assure you the vast majority of people who watch or listen to this, I know because of the messages they send me, oh, the vast majority will disagree entirely with what I say regularly. Um, so you know, don't worry, the vast majority are singing from your hymn sheet, Rachel. What would your the, the final question I ask everyone, although it's normally if the therapist I ask them related to therapy, but this can you can direct this towards therapist if you want, or marketing, advertising, PR in general, whatever you want, but a complete newbie just starting their business we'll take therapy as an example some area of mind therapy people helping industry they're just starting out um they haven't yet i'm sure this is something you cover with making the media ready but they haven't yet decided they've done the courses they've got the qualifications they've got the skills in the toolbox to be able to deal with smokers or phobia people or a huge wide range of things what would you advise them to do? Still start off the way most therapy courses would tell them to go, I do this entire menu board of things from A through to Z, or to pick something and from day one start to try and establish themselves as... I think that's more of a marketing question, which I'm happy to answer. You know, it, it, it's, again, what you think you, you're going to want to do and what you're good at. It might be, you know, you're, you're doing the smoking or the weight loss or, you know, just the mindset stuff. So, but, you you know, a hypnotherapy or a mindset coach or whatever you want to be known for from a journalistic point of view, the journalists want to ask you about that then. But if there's a specific national day and you know that you can help, you know, for example, the grief awareness that we've just said, or Blue Monday, you know, or national stops 
smoking week or whatever it is, you know, then obviously you can adapt what your expertise are, you know, so and also you can put certain topics. It's all about making you newsworthy and topical. So if there's, you know, five ways that you know you can help people that's five topics that you can talk about so yes you could start with a niche but it's very much again comes back to the end in mind what is it you want what is your avatar what do you want to be known for so if you're going to be more generalistic absolutely fine list all the topics that you can help but obviously if you just want to be known as you know overcoming fear or anxiety then just stick with that as, as, a, as a main topic but then fit that in with if it's suicide week, fear and anxiety, this is how we can overcome it. If it's Blue Monday, fear and anxiety, you know, and, and do it that way. So just try it, I would say, because most people don't understand PR or frightened of PR or can't afford PR or think they can't. So we are perfect for you if you've never dipped your toe in the water, because it's about just starting somewhere in a community that we we take care of you. <laughs> we look after you <laughs> and we do the right thing I by think, you. And I, I have think to have everyone got, will have got that. I think above all else, everyone will have got that from this interview <laughs> the, the, and, and that is really I'm sure they will have done you know what that was going to be the last question other than you reminded me of one thing and it's relevant to to what you do and I say that come back come back it was it was here and it's gone over there come back 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 national day she spoke about national days connecting people brands starting out oh, it's melting away media matchmaker you meet people you teach them how to be media ready media ready no it's gone and it was something boom no that's my brain gone. My, my request to you alex is mm. to go down the pr route in a positive way in an authentic way in a genuine way you know you've obviously got a responsibility with a, an amazing you know group of people that are following you and hopefully people are screaming at this you know to be interesting as i say it's the most weirdest controversial you know which is obviously what you do which is what you're known for and I just say, the, the key thing is from from as of when legal cases went into action and I exposed certain things, I cannot ever do what I did in the past anyway, anymore. So any um, any stunting of stories or stuff of the past, just even if I wanted to, I couldn't do anyway. Thank the Lord. Because everything would obviously be forensically examined. Because so, so it, it's most definitely not possible, uh, and certainly for not positive PR go my way, for mm. negative PR go Alex's way, <laughs> or rather, don't, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it hasn't come back to me. I, I'm sure it was something to do with websites, yeah, no, yes, because different if, if they were doing an interview for small, no smoking day, for example, yep. would you recommend that? They might only have one website, but perhaps buying a domain name that was smoking relevant, but very easy to spell so that they can, if they're on, say, a radio interview or... You can you can do. I mean, you can. Some people are known as they have what called a fame name, you know, but we, a media matchmaker, you put your profile up and you are, we help you get your story multimedia ready. So within our platform, as you probably know, if you're using it, you can upload your audio sound bites. So if it's National Smoking on Smokers Week, you can put your sound bites there so that the journalists can use it. You can put your your video on there so they can see what you look like you're going to be on tv you can put your blogs in there as well so it's all accessible in one place you know if you are want to have a media presence and be known as a go-to person it's probably good on your website to have a a press 
area so that you're known with your bio sheet. And again, you can download your bio sheet and everything from us and what to put in there and your contact details. So it gives perception is reality PR. You know, you've got to show that you're media friendly, you're media ready. So yeah, you can put all that on your website and put links to it, or you can upload it to your own uh, free profile that you can do with Media Matchmaker. Before we finish off, I remember what it was. What was that? It's the benefit of your, it's the other benefit of MediaMatchmaker.com. Some people watching or listening who've probably during it clicked and been looking in the other window going, oh, they do this. And then probably psychologically jumped into the head, some of them, hang on a minute. She said earlier that obviously people who paid for a backstage pass will come higher. So logically also, if they paid for the more expensive pass, they would come higher. Yeah. Um, But if you pay for a year, if I remember this rightly, you get 50% off. So if you were really serious about moving forward, after you get 50 percent off the backstage media pass membership. Absolutely. You know, if, if you pay up front and, um, you know, I'm changing things a lot, you know, for next year, we're adding a lot more into the platform, which is great. So you can post your articles live so that other people can use your content as well. That You can swap content with each other. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, so now is a great time to use. And if, if your members genuinely want to give it a trial, there's a 30 day trial for new members that they can go to and give it a go. And, you know, if, if you want to start we've got the PR planning live event I don't know if you booked onto that the first of December like we mentioned before that's a two-hour done with you workshop so that will be we're preparing your forward planning for the next six months your introductory emails we're looking at the national day so we kind of do it with you so you can go away with a plan ready or even your it's your marketing plan as well really if you want to see it like that but check out the website it's .co.uk so it's mediamatchmaker.co.uk couldn't get the .com um you know and be happy to the link will be below to click bless you thank you i've got i've got to ask you before we say ta to everyone um the other thing that might enter people's heads is, I know you've got a massive, really fantastic track record. I, I know people who've used your service, praise you to the hill. That's why I've been trying to get you on the show for ages. Uh, there is no doubt that I would recommend you to use Rachel's services. Oh, the coming. That, that is, no, 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 there's no but. <laughs> because I, I kind of know the answer to the question I'm going to ask, but I'm asking it because people at home will be screaming it at the screen. And that is, well, hang on, if, if, if there's already loads of other therapists who are perhaps members of MediaMatchmaker.com, how am I ever going to get anything out of it? Now, I know my simplistic view would be that literally some stories they'll want a man, it, it'd be more likely to run with if with a man, if it was a man's magazine, more likely to run with a woman if it was a woman's magazine, and vice versa, that's just been very general. The whole the whole platform, and it's a good point, the whole platform has been put so the journalists can look by keyword as well, but they can also search by uh, ethnicity from a diversity point of view. Okay. They can look for people maybe, you know, with disabilities. They can search by region. So we've got media outlets all over the country as well. So it's not just the nationals we deal with, with, with regional. So if you want to hit therapists in Leicester or Birmingham, I'm, I'm a Brummie. You can hear my Birmingham accent. You know, wherever you are in the country they can find you that way. So, you know, give it a go. You've got nothing to lose by giving it a free trial and uh, putting your profile up there um, and, and seeing what you think. And uh, I'm scared of the feedback. <laughs> That'd be all positive. Excellent. I thought that's exactly what you'd say, but I just think that's the only other thing that people might have thought. If other people are doing it, how's it going to work for me? But the fact is, we're all different. We're all different ages, sexes, nationalities. Alex, there's over 60,000, 70,000 journalists in the UK alone. There's over yeah. 44,000 media outlets in the UK. There's enough for everyone to go around. And that is a perfect 
uh, sound bites, so to speak, to end upon. Thank you, Rachel, for your patience, <laughs> uh, for your wonderful handling and honesty, and uh, for giving us an insight into how to do things ethically and properly. It is massively, massively appreciated. Boys and girls, got the link that's below this speaker symbol on the podcast platforms or below the video on the video platforms. Go and visit the website. And uh, yeah, get in touch with Rachel if you want to find out more. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.